His reply, Heath, if you'll remember, is, Tell me unicorns are coming back to save the world. That's literally a line from the movie, and it's not apropos of anything. It feels like Roddy Piper just agreed to do this movie if he got to say which, like, he wrote up 12 sentences. He's like, these are the sentences I'm going to say, and I'm not going to share them with you beforehand. I have 11 sentences that I dreamed when I took peyote out in the desert. You have to mad lib me into your script using these somehow. Awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because there are a bunch of rules about who can and can't call themselves a doctor, apparently. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting 700 miles to my immediate left is my good friend Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thanks, Noah. I'm very excited about this one. <laughs> it's, it's real dumb. It's pretty fucking dumb and sitting 900 my see i i resisted the speaking of which segue that that (laughs) (laughs) that would be mean but sitting 900 miles to my northeast is my bad friend eli bosnick eli how are you this fine afternoon sir hello noah if you ever want to escape (laughs) this podcast you will use an i message no uh (laughs) welcome to our infinite episode folks all right so tell us heath what will we be breaking down today we watched The Reconciler. It's the story of Saw. They just straight up stole yes. Saw the movie. Yep. But with Jigsaw locking people in a room until they become Christian. That's pretty much the motivation yeah. for the bad guy. Yeah. It's what every Christian would be doing to their loved ones if they weren't liars who obviously don't believe that shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And again, like we can't emphasize this enough. This is not hyperbole. A Christian very clearly saw the movie Saw and thought to themselves, "Well, now that's a missed opportunity to proselytize." Yeah. Right there. <laughs> they did though. Uh, and Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, if you love other people's work drama, <laughs> but you wish it was framed as a life or death conflict complete with kidnapping, knockout drugs, and a twist I promise you did not see coming, <laughs> you will love this movie. Okay. I feel like you're joking, but like that would improve every story about work drama I've ever had to hear from that's somebody. That's true. Like That's true. That's good. Now, I feel like we should just go ahead and point out the twist ending up front on this one. So spoiler alert here. The big twist at the end of it is that the monster, the demonic force that's kidnapping people and holding them and threatening to kill them if they don't do what he wants, is God. Is God. God. The Christian God. Jigsaw, the good guy. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, no, I, I just I felt like we had to point that out up front because there's so much of this movie where it's just like as you look back over it and you're like, God did that. And then God did that. <laughs> right. Huh? Yeah. That's, I didn't want to cheat the listener out of those realizations. You know how Machiavelli was definitely right about everything. <laughs> That's what this movie's about. And also God. Yeah. <laughs> so is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Yeah, I'm going to go with an easy one. Best worst title. The Reconciler? The you were Reconciler. A fan of- <laughs> and they get excited about it when they drop the title. Yeah. Oh, and it's the silliest name for a bad guy, like, supposed to be all scary. And it's like, The Reconciler. The Maker Upper. Yeah. yeah. We, were, we were joking about this at the end of the last episode because I hadn't 
heard the title yet. But like, yeah, the ameliorator. It's so dumb. It's really fucking dumb. <laughs> the guy who helps you work stuff out or yeah. <laughs> right. So, and speaking of which, I was going to go with best worst interpersonal conflicts. <laughs> yeah, right. So the whole movie is about like God is it, well, the reconciler is forcing people, kidnapping people, and forcing them to spend enough time together to get over their conflicts. But the conflicts are so banal. Right, like I'm so I'm dying for somebody to have <laughs> fucked somebody's favorite goat or something at some anything. point. Anything, anything, and it's just like, well, you were very rude the last time we spoke. <laughs> yeah, that's literally one of the conflicts. Yes, <laughs> God never puts like Israel and the PLO in a room right, together. Yes. No, it's right. it's like two idiot brothers in fucking Kansas. That doesn't matter. Uh, let's let's spoil another one. One of the conflicts is between two brothers over religion, and it's not even whether or not to be Christian. It's about no. the particular way in which they celebrate their identical Christianity. Right. It's not even a denominational question. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the emo Phillips joke of the movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a subtle one here. I don't know if you guys even picked up on this, but I'm gonna go with best worst. Character having an obvious, unacknowledged psychotic break. Which okay. one? Which, which there character are, you? Yeah, multiple about there. candidates here. This would be the newspaper editor who, if you pay careful attention, never says anything resembling a sane sentence nope. no, at any not. point throughout the movie. He, that would be Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yes. So. <laughs> That's what happens. And I'm not talking about like, oh, it's a Christian movie and we disagree with their ideas so we think it's crazy. I mean, everything that comes out of this man's mouth is an immediate medical cry for serious <laughs> attention. And every other character in the movie will just be like, uh-huh, well, mm. I'll see you after lunch. I'm going to say yeah. the lines that were written in the script on my turn. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're all like... the. Like examples of like joke examples of insane sentences that have no relation to each other. Like, yes. Mm -hmm. Because bats don't have ears. Like it doesn't make any sense. Anything <laughs> he says. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. This is far from the first time we've done a good guy kidnap strangers in the name of Jesus movie. So I need a minute to come to grips with the fact that that's a fucking genre. That means we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dive into all the felony apologetics that are the reconciler. Keith, Noah, wake up. Dude, what happened? Yeah, we were just about to start a review of The Reconciler, and then next thing I know, I'm, I'm in here. What's happening? I know. It's The Reconciler. He, he knocked us out and locked us in this room and even left us a note. See? Hmm. Noah, Heath, and Eli, for too long, you have let a conflict sit among you as a company unresolved. Work out your differences or you will be trapped here forever. Our our differences about what? Oh, sorry. You didn't let me finish. If you can all agree on what the words next Friday mean, I'll let you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's easy. It's the next coming Friday, like the word next. No, no. That is this Friday. Definitely this Friday. Next Friday is the Friday after this no, Friday. Th that's insane. How can the next thing be two things later? If you're next in line, it means you're coming up. You know, next, not two people down the line. So, okay, okay. So, Heath, if next Friday means this Friday, then what does the Friday after next mean? Th that means one Friday after the next coming Friday. You, you sound like a crazy person. That's insane. You guys sound you like crazy hear people. That's insane, Think of the right? word next. The word next doesn't mean two away. It has a meaning. We're going to starve in here, aren't we? Good. I hope we do. Yeah, well, I hope you die next, by which I mean 
first. Yeah, first. Or <laughs> See, that's what next means. <laughs> what? What happened? Wait a second. Didn't didn't we wake up to start the last sketch? Yeah, but it's a really clean open for the concept. Yeah, no, that's fair. Anyway, who's this guy? Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm Greg from the big wireless store. Oh, yeah. We got our phones with you last year. Mm -hmm. Man, after all those hidden fees and contract loopholes, they ended up costing us a bundle. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. So do you know how we get out of here? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a note. It says here the only way to reconcile with our big cell phone company is to sign up for Mint Mobile. Wait, what's Mint Mobile? Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month. And now for the plot twist. Nope, there isn't one. Nice. Enjoyed that. Little psych out there. Right? Plaza. Seriously, Mint Mobile just has premium wireless from $15 a month. There's no trapping you into a two-year contract or opening the bill to find those crazy fees. There's no luring you in with free subscriptions to streaming services that you'll forget to cancel and be charged full price for. No, there is none of that. It's true. I switched to Mint Mobile when they became a sponsor, and the only difference I've noticed is saving hundreds of dollars on my phone bill each month. Get premium wireless from just $15 a month and no unexpected plot twists at mintmobile.com slash gam. That's mintmobile.com slash gam. Seriously, you'll make your wallet very happy at mintmobile.com slash gam. All right. Well, I guess we're reconciled then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would like to talk to you about that screen protector you sold me with the lifetime warranty, though. I mean, you just got to register for your rebate and then order a new one from the website with your 11-digit customer number. You're all set. We should kill and eat him. Kill and eat him, yes. <laughs> and we're back for the breakdown. We're going to open up on a dip pen and an inkwell as an off-screen character prepares a couple of old-timey letters. Yeah. Spoiler, this is God, right? Oh, yeah, right. I didn't know that at the time. I was like, okay, a calligrapher is writing a ransom note way too nicely. That's weird. Yeah. But kind of, yes. They're just keeping it up on the board at the police station. Oh, we didn't want to throw it away you know, after the trial. <laughs> but of course, with the spoilers, now I'm picturing God at a stationary store and just like, well, right. wow, this stuff is pretty expensive. Uh, I mean, can you make this yourself at home? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, so either God just, you know, like could have just made the letter appear but chose not to, or he made somebody else do this shit, which is even worse. God's cutting out magazine letters. You're God. You can just make anything. What are you doing? Are those safety scissors? Yeah, no. <laughs> also, so speaking of safety, there's this moment where the guy is, he's going to like put a seal on the on the letter old timey. So he's got the little candle to like drip onto it, but he like clearly is holding it at the wrong angle and burning his thumb and <laughs> yeah. he's committed to the bit. So he doesn't stop. I did this before. <laughs> Crazy billionaire remake is just, we get that original audio of the guy being like, it's good. It's good. Keep filming. <laughs> <laughs> I want to wax seal my stuff from now on. Like oh, I'm going to yeah. send Tony D our accountant everything in wax sealed envelopes from now on. <laughs> oh yeah, man. All right, so then we open up on two guys zonked out in a warehouse. Not for nothing, many of my best memories start like this, but <laughs> but guy one walks wakes up. This is Smitty, right? Sort of. <laughs> Asterisk. Yeah, right, yep. right. Uh-huh. So he wakes up first and he looks around. They're locked in this basement, so he sees a like a keypad and just starts randomly pushing buttons to see if one of them is open the door. 
His first thought, he's like, I got kidnapped by a Christian fundamentalist. What do I do? I'm going to guess a code on a door. How many numbers could there possibly be? Right, and they get in. They actually get into that question, and it's so dumb. Okay, how awesome would it be if the rest of the movie was just this guy being like one 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 four one 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 five? Don't worry, we don't need to learn anything. One 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 six. Ah, uh, the real number was all zeros, and he forgot that when he started at zero 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 one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so but then when that doesn't work, he slams himself into the door, but that also doesn't work, asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. He very much accidentally opens yes. the door, and so yeah. we, we get another take of him running into it, you know, gently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and his third thought is to do a little TikTok video <laughs> of the warehouse he's in with his 2015 flip phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so he's looking for cell service. I feel like that's step one. Oh, I also thought he was examining the scene. Oh, he was moving around off the flip phone camera. Okay, he was looking (laughs) for cell service. Why wouldn't the kidnapper take the phone? Right. Yeah, how confident are you in the shitty cell service in that area? I guess the the kidnapper, God was like, oh, that's a that's a flip phone. Well, that's true. Well, well, I guess probably God could just be like, I'm going to knock out the service for this. What do you got? MCI? Does they even (laughs) exist? He's fine. (laughs) Flash cut to God in heaven. Also, we're going to need to block AT&T. <laughs> you sure there's not a better way to do it? Block AT&T. And somebody get me another inkwell. What's Google Fi? So it, it, this fails. And then he, he looks around. He finds a bathroom. And that's he finds like a bathroom and some canned food. And that's when he knows they're in for the long haul. Right? Yeah. So then he goes to the other guy who hasn't woke up yet. And he picks up the dude's cane and starts poking him with it. <laughs> this is Ed. That's the second guy. Yeah, and he holds it like a like a. I'm gonna hit you with it. Motion. He's like, "Who are you? What are you doing down here?" And he's like, "I'm disabled, and I woke up down here the same as you." And he's like, "Right. This was a weird way for me to wake you." <laughs> yes. yes. He's like, "Did you uh, slam into the door? Press some random codes into the keypad?" And he's like, "Yeah, man. I already tried that." He's like, "Well, fuck." Yeah. Ed's first idea is guessing the code, also, but then he's like, "Yeah, that's you know." what a, probably a four digit thing there's like 10,000 possibilities if it's five digits that's 10,000 times 10 which which is like way more way more well, t- <laughs> he so, doesn't do the math on that i i love this so much because the actor who played ed clearly doesn't realize how you arrive at that answer no because he thinks about it he says yeah four digit number that so there could how many combinations there's like um uh, so like okay, carry the three ten thousand you know so like <laughs> dude either that's one of those things you either know or don't Right, so you don't do the math on it. Uh, yeah, nope. Yeah, no, I got it. I got. It. I just did that. I just worked that yeah. out. Do you remember how logarithms work? It's the what? It's the top, <laughs> and then you bring it down. Fuck, it's a lot. So okay, so he's like, "What's your name?" And Smitty. He goes, "My name is Smith." Smitty. I'm not lying. Are you lying? About my name. <laughs> I'm lying. Normal, real. My name is Smitty. Real name. And so, by the way. There's never a reason for him to be lying about his name here. No. This doesn't pay off in any way. That's just this actor's choice. Yeah. I feel like he improvised that. Like the actor, the director was like, hey, man, just don't. He was like, but I want to be named Smitty. And he was like, no. And then he like got a big smile when the camera started rolling. (laughs) Smitty is my name. And so he's like, yeah, I'm Smitty. I'm Ed. And Ed's like, hey, can I have my uh, cane back? Because I need it to like walk. And he's like, right. Right. But then 
the actor immediately forgets the fucking limp and walks over to the other side of the room without limp. <laughs> right? He's like, hey, look over here. It looks like somebody's bricked in a window over there. Maybe we're in a basement. I'm like, you're very obviously in a fucking basement. And Smitty immediately, like, tries to scrabble up the wall and hurts himself. Like, instant. I, I was like, hey, man, can you chill for a goddamn second? <laughs> it's like, I don't know if you've ever gotten, like, a bat in your house or a bird in your attic, but that's, that's what Smitty's going with. The level of stupidity of Smitty is one of my favorite through lines of this movie, oh, yeah. and it starts here. He's like, I'm going to climb up this pallet and examine the wall up here. And Ed is like, dude, you're obviously going to hurt yourself. And there it is. You fell and you hurt yourself. (laughs) I hurt myself. At this moment, I was like, okay, please just pan over to Jigsaw, like watching the hidden camera feed being like, wow. Oh, my God. They're too stupid for my thing to work. I might not need to do anything for this one. (laughs) I'm going to have to just tell them how to use the escape room clues that are very obvious. Right. Well, so that's the other thing, too, is that climbing up on this pallet gets him, you know, a pallet's worth of closer. You can't see more <laughs> shit. Ed is down there going, do you see anything else from up there? I'm like, why would he see anything else? He's not looking over top of anything. Oh, yeah, there's an exit sign inside the <laughs> brick I was looking at. It says, go here to leave. <laughs> so, all right. So then we cut over to a newspaper where we're going to meet Lori. Now, this is the lady from, uh, what was it, the Borrowed Christmas where... Somebody mm-hmm. rented her vagina and decided it was so nice he wanted to keep it. Oh, she's a veteran? Yeah, yeah. She's she's. This is not her first god-awful movie. Gentlemen, how long would you say this movie spends watching this woman sound out her typing? <laughs> My guess <laughs> is eight and a half hours. Was, okay. Yeah. I was going to be in the same ballpark. I'll take the over. I did enjoy that moment, though, because it was like, I am typing a story. For. And then a coworker's like, to yourself. <laughs> to yourself. <laughs> yes. The Everybody else is like, well, now I'm writing what you're saying, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got to say, I honestly, I do that a lot when I write diatribes. I like say them out, so I can't make too much fun of her. But Oh, oh you want to play this game? My cubicle neighbor says every <laughs> single thing. There's also this great moment. She's writing about a wedding. She's doing a story about a wedding. And she says, "For and they had a beautiful... Uh, Backspace, backspace, backspace. An elegant <laughs> wedding. It's, she's a writer, damn it. She's a writing writer. Pulls out a thesaurus, confirms. Yep. No, that does Beautiful and elegant. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so, yeah. So then the boss calls her over. Now, the boss is Roddy Piper. I didn't recognize him at first without the rowdiness, right? Yeah. No, he's not very rowdy. No. He's also a god-awful movies veteran. Is he? What yeah. else was he in that we did? Yeah, he was in uh, the, the wrestling one, The Masked Saint. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. sure. Yep. yep. Yeah, I call him, for the rest of my notes, I call him In Recovery, Recovery Piper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a Sorbo, like lowercase s, as like a new name. He's one of those, like, yes. I, I okay. sort of had a career as an actor and then I had to just do Christian movies. I was in They Live. <laughs> he had the decency to die, but, you know, <laughs> otherwise a Sorbo. Come on, Sorbo. Yeah. Come on, step it up. Come on, Kevin. We're rooting for you, buddy. So, yeah, so the boss calls her over and he's like, hey, I got and, and his the voice thing he's doing. He's going for like it, it's like he's in an improv sketch where he drew various stages of throat cancer as his character trait. Right. <laughs> yeah. So he'll be variantly scratchy as he says this. But he's like, I've got a real story for you, not this wedding crap. And she's like, oh, finally, a real story. And then he proceeds to explain what the real story is. I cannot tell you what that was except to quote his entire weird fucking monologue. Thank you. It's insane. 
it's nothing. It's there are no no single word is related to the next word after it. No, yeah, there there are sentences, but they don't like attached to meanings. It's so fucking weird. It's nonsense. Okay, here's what I remembered. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. He says, I look out here. He looks out his window. He's like, yeah. I look out here and I see, well, well, the blinds. Uh, you can't remember really this. <laughs> Wood slat. I don't know how the mechanism works, but if I were to look out through them, I would see solar panels and equal rights. Yes. So, so he saw an equal right out yep. the window one time. Right. Yeah. No, he was looking out the window, and an equal right flew by. Okay. Yep. And then, and then he he explains. Well, here's the thing: the planet and you know basic humanity, those solar panels and equal rights, all that stuff comes at a cost. We put God on the sideline. So that's the story he wants. Yeah. So now you have gone above and beyond the call of duty and making a sense of what like he doesn't say anything yeah. anywhere near that coherent. No, those were not the words. Yeah. Those yeah. No, it's right. That is what he was supposed to be getting at. But yeah, he vaguely bitches about kids these days while admitting that electric vehicles are still pretty cool. At one point he goes, because you know what happens when you take down a fence and she says freedom and he goes, no, gray. Yes. And we watch <laughs> in the movie. She's like, what? Just staring at him. <laughs> right. You want me to write? And he's like, write about what I just said. And she's like, you want a, a think piece about <laughs> fences preventing gray? <laughs> The concept? Right. And he's like, yes. My editor is having a nervous breakdown. All right. Yeah, she even says at the end of his monologue, she says, so what do you want me to write about? And he goes, what I just said. I felt so sorry for her in that moment. (laughs) Coworker in the next cubicle, Rowdy Roddy Piper, I think, is my (laughs) boss and might be having a stroke. Yeah. And then when she takes the assignment, she goes, it's not WikiLeaks. But it'll do. I wrote in my notes, um, WikiLeaks isn't the admirable journalism this movie thinks it is. Clearly, yeah. Yeah, basically, but the story, once you translate it out of insane person having a mental breakdown, the story she's going to write is, are equal rights worth all the religion that we lost? That's the movie. Spoiler alert, no. No, the answer (laughs) is no. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Honestly, the article is going to end up as the 50s really lost the thread. Yeah, so. (laughs) All right, so we cut back to Ed and Smitty's warehouse. Smitty asks about the cane. Ed says he was in a car accident. This also will never come back or matter. No. Yeah, speaking of which, I wrote down at this point because of the exterior shot at the beginning. I was like, oh, so this warehouse basement is next to a train track. Interesting. Interesting. That's going to be a clue. And then I was like, why am I noting clues like it's going to matter? There's right. no way nope. this is going to matter. Nope. None of the not. clues ever matter. For example, they, they sit here and they talk for a while. Ed is a reporter. Smitty is a graphic designer. And not, neither of those things will ever be relevant to the plot. They just figured <laughs> they had to fill this space with talking. Yeah. Smitty at one point, this movie is so poorly written that they leave a wrong clue in the dialogue here. He goes, yeah, you know, I was hanging out with my girlfriend last I remember. But don't worry. She's not that kind of girl. And I wrote in my notes, she's not the kind of girl that would drug you and lock you in a basement with a stranger. <laughs> I need to meet that kind of girl. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's the whole fucking scene. They're like, mm, well, we don't know each other and have no obvious connection. I'm like, yeah, way to ramp up the tension, guys. It's literally, we literally watch a scene in a movie where guys are like, ooh, 
Oh, do you know Stephanie over at the Chronicle? <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, I do know a Stephanie, but yeah, she's she lives in Wisconsin. So Okay. Cool. I have some family in Wisconsin. Cool. <laughs> cool. We're trapped in a basement. <laughs> so then we cut back to Lori. She's out d- doing research for her fence story. And she's going to start by talking to her mom's priest about how awesome religion is. Oh, my God. This Of all the dark fantasies this represents of, like, Christian grandmas, isn't the number one, like, and I bet you'd go and talk to my preacher who would who would tell you a thing or two about blocking me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I should point out, this scene opens on the third ugliest piece of art. Oh, my God. Thank you. My my notes are rain in a tree. No, it's a dumb crucifix. It's a dumb fountain. crucifix. Yeah. Oh, it's so fucking ugly. Also, this is just a weird fucking rule of movie making. Why can't the person that the priest is talking about and the priest ever sit in the same goddamn row? <laughs> yeah. They sit like they're spies meeting in a park to do a, do right, a yeah. poison drop. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so, but the priest explains that the problem in America is the systematic removal of God from the system. Yeah. She even says, would you say the last 60 years have gotten better or worse? And he's like, that's a tricky question, not counting black people. And she's like, that is a tricky question. I'm not counting black people and gay people. Yeah. So, but he explains that America was founded as a Christian nation. Freedom was Jesus's idea. <laughs> yes, this, he thinks he's going to get ahead of us here. He's like, right now, look, technically we're not a theocracy, but the founding fathers wanted us to be in their heart. Yes. Uh huh. But he and he explains that back then people didn't just have a, the Christian religion. They had a relationship with Christ. That's even better. And then he's like, so are you going to interview any other religious leaders? And she's like, yeah, that's kind of the whole thing. And he's like, why don't you just interview these different congregants of mine who can tell you how awesome Jesus is? And she's like, yeah, it's real hard to find people who will tell you how awesome Jesus is. Thank you for the list. Uh, <laughs> I was going to get sort of an overview of religion, but. Now that you bring up the idea of just doing your one, yes, I think that is a better article. I'm an impartial atheist newspaper reporter. Yeah. Do those congregants know about, you know, fences and gray the color at all? (laughs) Yeah. And so to be clear here, though, like her assertion to this priest is like, you know, it's gotten very weird in the world now because the term the graying of America, she defines as this new reality where nobody knows the the line between right and wrong anymore. And there are no clear lines. And I'm like, no, there are clear lines. You don't like them because they include you not using the N word. Right. Exactly. Yeah. To be clear, the graying of ideas for this movie is the civil rights movement, right? They don't even have the decency to be homophobic. They're like, I'm just saying, my kids go to school with black people. It's all gone higgledy-piggledy. Again, yeah, the the fact that they started off with equal rights says an awful lot. (laughs) So Okay, so then we head over to a soup kitchen. Where I'm like, okay, but can you balance this out by going to a report, like a support group for Catholic pedophile scandal victims or something? <laughs> you do both? They cannot. Okay. You guys are going to have to tell me what is said in this scene because I was entirely 100% distracted by this actor's inability <laughs> to pour soup out of a ladle. He's swinging it around his head trying to use centrifugal force t- to get it into a bowl he's nailed to the wall. I've truly, literally never seen a human being unable to use a ladle to this extent. 
<laughs> so, okay, so listeners, I will admit that occasionally we just have to, like, find something to bring humor out of in these movies and, and we'll maybe exaggerate how bad someone is at whatever it is that they're doing. So when I first saw that in Eli's notes, I was like, I bet he's actually just fine. But no, the the feeble has effort that he makes to ladle the no soup gets into the fucking bowl. None. It's insanity. Because <laughs> in the first attempt, this again, you are literally going to have to tell me what words come out of his mouth. Because in the first attempt, he fills the ladle up too much and he starts to take it out of a bowl and starts to spill. And he's like, fuck, I'm losing soup. <laughs> then he just holds it in there in terror for the rest of the scene. But then right before the scene ends, he will pull out a fucking <laughs> teaspoon of soup. It's the best. But it's too big. The ladle is too unwieldy. So he can't tip it enough to get it in. and he's got soup all over his face like a little kid eating too fast by the end of it somehow and it's the best and he does the thing where when he pours it the, the soup goes backwards on the ladle and then falls off the back of the ladle away from the bowl and it's just splashing <laughs> against the edge and shit I didn't know you could be this bad at ladling yeah. my ankle is hot what happened <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Crazy billionaire remake. By the end of this scene, this actor is just in a bathtub of soup, like Karen Finley ruining <laughs> progressive arts. Yeah. So, but she says, do you think that, you know, because she very clearly wants to fuck the soup ladler, right? That is the expression mm -hmm. that she's using there. Or maybe it's just a knowing, haha, I know how to ladle soup and this asshole doesn't. I don't know. He's a good looking guy. Yeah. I like the soup ladler guy. No, I know. Yeah. No judgment there. So, yeah. So she's like, do you think God is disappearing from the world? And he offers up an analogy. He says, you know, God's like a river. Even when you block it, it finds a way to flow. And I'm like, no, no, the fuck it doesn't. OK, but no, nope. you, you, you can stop a river. You can. For There's sure. <laughs> do you mean you personally, Craig, like you tried putting a stick? You can make a river go the opposite direction. Chicago it. did it. Yeah. That's what a dam is, Craig. <laughs> Actually, pretty easy to stop a river. Yeah, you just have to put somewhere for the water to collect. <laughs> but you rejecting modernity to the extent that you think a river can't be stopped is actually a great metaphor for religion, Craig. So you know yeah. what? I'm back on board. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, his analogy is accidentally way righter than he intended it to be. Yeah. <laughs> and Christian idiots and their opinion about climate change is actually stopping rivers. And God oh, is right. going, it's perfect. Interesting. Yeah. So then she says to him, it doesn't bother you as a Christian that kids can't pray in school anymore. And then even the movie has to admit that's bullshit, right? He's like, well, kids pray in schools all the time. She's just like, oh, oh, yeah, no, of course. Let me rephrase that. Does it bother you that the institution of prayer has been banned? And I'm like, that's exactly as bullshit as the last phrasing. Pretty much the same question. Yeah. Does it bother you that they don't force kids to yes, pray? Yes, right, which is what she's actually asking. But if you phrase it that way, then it's obvious that you're the fucking bad guy even to you. So, yeah. Right. And so he's going to tell us some lies about China. <laughs> yes, where he came from. Even believing in God is illegal. Yes, it's illegal to believe in God in China. <laughs> yes. And praying is an arrestable offense. Yeah. Yes. And so... The conclusion by the movie here is, okay, well, there's two options. It's either Christian theocracy in America or we put Uyghurs in concentration camps right now yes, and torture right. them. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and he's like, you know, when, when I was becoming a citizen, he was obviously born in America. But he says, when I was becoming a citizen, I learned a lot about the founding fathers and how much they prayed. Now, I want to be super clear. When, like, Ben Franklin suggested opening up the Continental Congress with a prayer, nobody else wanted to do it, so they didn't do it. 
Like literally, Ben Franklin wrote a thing in his fucking diary about, oh, nobody wants to fucking pray, I guess. Okay, all right. That's fine. I guess I'll fuck myself. No, I feel like you're muddying the waters with historical facts that are demonstrable. <laughs> also, we just have to point out that while they're having this conversation, there are dramatic, the orcs are coming over the hill drums, mm-hmm. which is also really confusing. It's just like, bum, 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 bum. Anyway, so yeah, I think it's important that you have <laughs> yes. bum, 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 bum. I think maybe the music was uh, capturing the the emotion of the soup guy trying to ladle soup. More right, than that's else. fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you just use the soup space work, then the drums make sense. Yeah, or maybe he saw how over the top the the poor people at the soup kitchen were, and decided that like maybe the orcs were coming over the hill. Sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. <laughs> All right. So okay. So meanwhile, Smitty is just checking to see if maybe he didn't slam into the door hard enough last time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now Ed is checking for cell service. Still no. Guys, somebody name another four-digit number. Let's yeah. see. <laughs> I don't know if we've checked them all. Is there an order we could do? the? Uh, you know what? Let's just let's freebase it some more. Let's, we're going to get in there. And then, after we believe they have been in there for, I'm going to say, a non-zero amount of time, Smitty... We must believe for the first time reaches into his pocket and is like, huh, a key. Yes. Right. So, okay. So, sorry, just leading into that, they, they're they like, you know, what is the last thing you remember? Ed's like, well, I fell asleep on my couch and then I woke up here. I fell asleep watching a movie. I'm like, Smith, Ed, you're wearing a fucking tie. You fell asleep <laughs> on your couch wearing a tie with your wallet in your pocket? It was an old movie. He was dressing up for it. <laughs> so, but yeah, so then he's like, oh, do I have, uh, Smitty's like, oh, do I have my wallet? And he, and he, that's when he reaches in and he realizes he's got a key. He's got a key. Is he, you have to be doing an escape room with my bridal party to miss a clue that <laughs> Again, Jigsaw's like, fuck. He just co- goes into the room. It's a key in your pocket. God damn it. There's a key in your pocket. This is really just wave not at the camera if you need a fucking clue, okay? Just, you, you get three clues. God. So <laughs> he's, a, but yeah, so he's like, oh, hey, look, I found a key and it just so happens that there's a great big chest right here because apparently we're in a fucking Zelda dungeon all of a sudden. <laughs> so they unlock the, the big chest and wouldn't you know it, there's a body in there. Is it a dead body? Well, the the phrasing body kind of gives that away, right? Because he's, <laughs> he's like, look, it's a body. And then Smitty goes, is it a dead body? He's like, why the fuck would I call it a body otherwise? But it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's just some dude that was in the chest. Yeah. And then we get to watch these actors spend an infinite amount of time trying to get their fellow actor out of the box, but he's too heavy. Yes. <laughs> Boy, did they overestimate Ow. their ability to pick that man up. <laughs> <laughs> Lift with your legs. No, oh, fuck. He's in the trunk. We got to do it with our, but God damn it. So. Why, is the, why is it a trunk? Why did it need to be a trunk at all? It could have just been the other room. Just any other space, no trunk. Yeah. Yep. yep. Accomplishes nothing. <laughs> so yeah, but they they pull the guy out of the trunk, and it turns out that's Smitty's twin brother, Alex. Yeah. So Alex, they they wake Alex up with some smelling salts that were conveniently included along with his care package. I like that. You saw uh, saw whatever the jigsaw put two smelling salts in in case they fucked up the first yeah. word extra. <laughs> also, they very clearly popped real smelling salts yes. in front of this actor because th- that you're not supposed to do that, by the way. Don't, they're bad for you. So they're like, oh, this will wake him. And he's like, oh, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awake now. 
But he explains that. So Alex and Smitty explain that they're twin brothers and Ed has a theory about what's going on. He's like, wait a minute. Are you two angry, estranged brothers that hate each other? And he's like, uh, well, yeah, we, we are. He's like, aha, it's the reconciler. The yeah. Reconciler. And th- this is the big drop of the title. And the movie actually does a zoom in and a piano. Sting yes. Right after mm-hmm. the word reconciler. I could <laughs> not <laughs> stop laughing. <laughs> Also, we just have to point out that for the rest of the movie, the two twin brothers will be, I'm going to say, an inch and a half from each other's faces for all of their dialogue. Pretty much, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know what tripod didn't fit into what corner, <laughs> but just to, when we narrate the rest of the movie, assume that the two twin brothers will have their faces smooshed together. <laughs> like they're doing some kind of sexy twister. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, who's the reconciler? He's like, oh, he kidnaps people and forces them to you know, fix their relationships. So he starts telling us this story. So we flash back to the story of the reconciler reconciling two narcotics cops that didn't get along, two partners that didn't get along so well. Right. So we cut to them. They're waking up in their car in a warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. This was almost my best worst was uh, best worst dumb cops because they wake up. They were obviously watching a warehouse and they go, where did the warehouse go? Yes. Which means that their first hypothesis was that the building they were watching disappeared rather than the vehicle they were in moved. She has to actually explain that to him. She's like, no, you idiot. We moved. And he's like, right. That is so much easier to explain. (laughs) (laughs) We're detectives. (laughs) We're going to learn in a second that they're the best goddamn detectives in the business. Well, now that he knows about elsewhere. Yeah. (laughs) So they go to get out of the car, but the car door won't open. And they're like, oh, well, there's no other way out of a car. So I guess we're stuck here. Yeah. So that's dumb. (laughs) But even dumber, the cop on the right, what was her name? Stacy. Stacy says to other cops, she's like, okay, we're locked in this car. Are you doing another anesthesia prank? Where you, and he's like, no, what? Yeah. No. I mean, it's, it's. It's funny how this tracks with stuff I've done, but no, no, no. We're just, we actually got <laughs> locked in this car. How come you always blame me when we wake up from anesthesia? Because <laughs> so far it's been you every single time. I'm just saying. Does it mean it always will be? So yeah, so they're Bill and Stacy, the only two cops that ever referred to each other by their first names. And so she's like, all right, well, you know, the doors won't open. The next step in trying to get out of a car is to shoot the window out with my gun. Yep. So she pulls out her gun, but damn it if her bullets aren't missing. I really wanted the reconciler's note to be like, wow, shit, I'm glad I took the bullets out of your gun. Fuck. You lunatic. <laughs> but also, you just whack the fucking window. You have a gun. That would be a great thing to hammer a fucking window out with. Yeah, but whoever's mom's SUV they used, there was a very <laughs> clear understanding. This is the weakest we can't get out of the space moment in the movie. Oh, right? yeah. Because they can't even fake try the handles, right? They didn't even think of the child lock, so they're just like, oh, waggle, waggle, handle noise, waggle, waggle. Well, they're in the front seat. So, yeah, I was, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. They couldn't. <laughs> if we watch them just like try to scramble from the front to the back seat for a while. They, they... Ow, ow. We can't do it at the same time. We have to go. <laughs> it's in my face. face. You're smooching me. So, okay. So, yeah. So she realizes that her gun, her bullets are missing. His bullets are missing. And as he's looking for more bullets, he finds a tiny voice recorder in his pocket. This is where we hear the reconciler's distorted voice. This is apparently God, right? This is God's voice. 
Yeah. Yes. This is God using a voice distorter. <laughs> it's such a <laughs> shitty, shitty little device, too. And they turn it on, and <laughs> I wanted God to be like, hello, yes, it's a Zune. It's a respected brand. It's a Zune. Yes. I'm kidnapping you. So... But they do. They they finally hear that yes, they've been kidnapped by a serial kidnapper. Yes, they also didn't have real voice distortion abilities, so it is just a guy going like, "Hello." Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's me talking to us through pantyhose or something. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I spent a really long time trying to figure out how to do that thing in you know pr- in iMovie Pro, but I couldn't. <laughs> so it's just me. I'm the record. Hold on, my pop filter slide down. It's uh, all right. Just a second. Just a second. So yeah, so but he had he tells them the the voice recorder tells them that they have to work out their feelings, damn it, and once they're reconciled, he'll let them out of the car. I also like he's sort of uh he's like an HR rep, he's doing it as a compliment sandwich. He's like, Look, you're damn good cops, all right? I really I'm proud of both of you. I think you've done some incredible work, but uh I am gonna murder you if you don't do this thing. <laughs> I will kill you if you don't. Uh, work this shit out. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. This movie clearly got bored with itself and tried out a different plot. So we're going to give it a minute to work through its issues. But we'll be back after the break with even more of The Reconciler. The Reconciler. Reconciler. Okay. All right. So we're agreed that because Heath tore out and ate the pages of the Scrabble Dictionary that we're in a truce until he reproduces them. Uh, as it comes to the this Friday, next Friday conversation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, agreed. So, um, you guys want to suck each other's dicks? Dude. What? What? We're trapped in here. We're supposed to be abstinent the rest of our lives because we're trapped the in here. The rest of our lives? We've been in here 45 minutes? 45 minutes max. Oh, oh, excuse me. I didn't realize there was an official waiting period before we're allowed to suck each other's dicks. Please enlighten. No, it's not like there's a set time. Right. But just 45 minutes is way too early. Yes. Obviously. Okay. But you're admitting that eventually we will start sucking each other's dicks. I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Well, yeah, I guess eventually. So I'm just cutting to the chase. Right. Why are we having a bunch of uncomfortable non dick sucking time? For no reason. Okay, I feel like maybe he has a point. Uh, seriously? What? I, the, the, the chase cutting thing, it kind of makes sense. Hey, Heath, we only need two. Well, I just need so, two okay, people. No, right. wait, wait a second. You guys can't just suck each other's dicks without me. That'll be weird. Sorry, man. You snooze, you lose. No, no, no. You you guys try doing dick sucking stuff without me, and I'm just going to wreck it the whole time. I'll, I'll just be, I'll stand right next to you going like old grandma boobs or something. Yeah, okay. I mean, if you think that's going to hinder my personal experience with this, yeah. All right, yeah, no, no, fair enough. But, but 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 come on, guys. Let's try to get out a little bit longer. And, and then, if it doesn't work out, I'm all for sucking each other's dicks. Fine, fine. But let's just agree on how long we have to wait, okay? Yeah. What about we wait till next Friday? Oh, wait. No, that's in the past for you guys or something. Oh, here like, we go again. Time dimension. Makes sense at all. We live in a society. <laughs> Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Hey, podcast listener. You know, today's episode got me thinking. Resolving conflict with the people in your life can be tricky. That's right. But kidnapping is illegal. A fact we know all too well, Heath. All too well. Mm. But did you know there's BetterHelp Online Therapy? Oh, what's BetterHelp Online Therapy? If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. 
Since we started advertising with BetterHelp, we've had a ton of listeners reach out to tell us that they've been getting the help they need through BetterHelp and all the amazing way that helps them. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash awful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash awful. BetterHelp, because kidnapping is illegal. Yeah, it is. I don't think they're going to love the tagline, though. I mean, they should expect it from us at this point. Yeah, but still. Mm-hmm. And we're back for more of this shit. We're going to rejoin Ed wrapping up the first half of his cop story for Smitty and Alex. Now, keep in mind, he only told them the first half of the story because they want to, like, save the the resolution for the third act. So what we have to imagine is Ed's like, and the first half of this story is anyway, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done now. It doesn't matter how it ends yet. And that will have to wait until a different day. It's like, Ed, you're just staring into the middle. Of the- <laughs> now, did you do a jingle? Are you doing commercials in your head right now, Ed? <laughs> so, yeah, but so he explains that nobody ever figured out quite how the reconciler pulled that off. And then Smitty and Alex realized that Ed doesn't really fit in, right? He's like, well, wait a minute. If the reconciler kidnaps people who have strayed relationships, why the fuck are you here? We don't know you. And it's such a bad job of the movie's still trying to pretend that, like, we don't know. This is very clearly Jigsaw there, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm part of the... I, I, I'm I, a journalist. I gave him the name Reconciler, so probably he just, uh, you know, two, two birds, one stone uh, combined us. He decided just, to include me in one of his kidnappings. Just combo kidnapping, you know, uh, for efficiency. I don't want to say I'm here for exposition, but that's <laughs> the best. Yes. That is the best and actually the less stupid answer than the real one. So, yeah. Yeah, he says, yeah, you know, I, I've been writing about the Reconciler for a while now at my newspaper. And I'm like, and, it, and and you needed to see his brother before it occurred to you that the stranger you woke up kidnapped next to might be the victim of the kidnapper who kidnaps strangers and locks them in rooms that you've been writing about? <laughs> Look, I wake up kidnapped next to strangers all the time. I don't want to make assumptions about why I wake up next to a stranger. This is why I always go watch a movie in a full suit yeah, right. so that I'm ready to wake up next to a stranger. So then we get into who everyone thinks the reconciler might be. He might be the son of the richest man in the state. And we spend a bunch of time on that guy's tragic backstory, which will never factor into the movie in even the slightest fucking way. This is the most insultingly stupid part of the movie. <laughs> and they all know who's being referred to. Yeah. Like, who do you know who the richest person in your state is if you're not in, like, Jeff Bezos' state or Zuckerberg's state? <laughs> is Ted Turner still alive? I, <laughs> I don't know. Right. It, they always have that in these stupid Christian movies. Like, wow, he's the richest man in town. I have no idea who the richest man in my fucking town is. Yeah. I mean, Noah, it's you. <laughs> I'm not saying that because you're rich. I'm saying that because you're dead. Yeah, no, that's you're probably right. He done got himself new teeth. Y'all see that? <laughs> he got a four slice toaster. <laughs> so, yeah. So he's like, yeah, but this doesn't really fit with the reconciler's MO because normally he'll leave letters explaining what's going on. And they're like, you know, we didn't look in the trunk after we took Alex out. It's like, why the fuck wouldn't you do that? Oh, well, they haven't looked anywhere. So why? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't look in his own pocket earlier. So, you know, you're right. Actually. No, so we're blank slate. We're Blanca Raza here. <laughs> they go into the, the trunk and I still wanted Alex to have peed in there. Well, because he was in there for hours, right? <laughs> so sorry. Dude, were you shitting the entire time you were in there? You guys took a while to find me. It is on you. And then you check your stupid fuck pockets, man. So. <laughs> 
just God hosing out a trunk at the back of his warehouse. There's got to be a better way to get people to make up. Glad I used the trunk, though. I'm literally omnipotent. If, I would, if only I were omnipotent. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So, but they find three notes, one addressed to each of them, and they take turns reading them, right? Smitty's note says, work out your issues or die in this basement, essentially. Right. Yeah. So the escape room requires I feel language while you reconcile. <laughs> and that's the message to the two twin brothers. Right. They have to I feel each other with, you know, family therapy to get out. Yeah. No, Alex reads his note and he's like, yeah. Hey, man, you, you tried to encourage your brother, but you kind of badgered him a little bit. It's just like, is that the goddamn conflict that this movie is based on? In Yes, it is. This is what the God of the universe has focused on. Yes. Right. And then, of course, Ed's note says you have one week for Alex and Smitty to work them, their shit out. And then I guess two of you will kill the third. And then you have however long he lasts and then you'll all die. Right. Yeah. And so Ed's like, mm, you know what? I have another flashback about the reconciler to share the first half of with you guys. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it seems like it's it's literally a life or death situation for you guys to work out your conflict. But before you do, I have yet another yarn. Yeah. After these messages, we'll be right back. So, yeah. He says, you know, he's like, well, do you think that the reconciler would actually kill us? And he's like, oh, man, this guy does not mess around. Have you heard the story of the soldier and his son that got reconciled? And it's like, dude, they'd never heard of the reconciler. How the fuck could they have heard that story? <laughs> have you read the script for this movie by any chance? Right. But also the setup here is that like, yeah, he doesn't fuck around. He'll kill you. But then he doesn't kill this these people. No, I was really excited for him for to see people whose reconciliation didn't work out to the death. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So we cut to a soldier and his son, his his you know, I guess 17 year old son or whatever, waking up in a forest. Now, the actor who plays the soldier, I'm in love with this guy. All right. First of all, he's fucking ripped. So it's easy to be in love with him. But also at this point in his career, his stage name was, I am not making this shit up. Xander Steele. Xander Steele. <laughs> yeah, he gave up on it. I think his name is Aaron Andrews or something. He went back to that after this movie. But. Hey, podcast listener, picture Xander Steele. You ready? Are you picturing it? You nailed it. You, you absolutely nailed, nailed it. it. Yeah. All of my notes throughout this movie are just, wow, me and Xander Steele have identical physiques. Like, <laughs> I wonder if he needs a body double or someone to do some stunt work. So it's, when you look at Xander Steele from the back, you're like, is that Eli? Yeah, no, you that would. that looks... Yeah. You would, except for he's got a full head of hair there, but yeah. <laughs> oh. So In his rider for his, like, local theater that he does, he has to win every fight with Vin Diesel and The Rock. Yep, uh-huh. Yeah. If he ever... If Vin Diesel ever comes and does the local community production of The Music Man... <laughs> there's going to be a big conflict. He's losing a fight to Xander Steele, yeah. All right, so... But he wakes... They wake up in a forest together, and they're all... They're handcuffed, right? Well, they have these really long shackles, I guess, that, that that they're cuffed together with. Both of them simultaneously think, well, what if we just pull the handcuffs off our hands? But that does not work. <laughs> no. And there's enough slack in this chain for them to, like, get all tangled up in it. And that's what mm -hmm. I was rooting for this whole time. And it never happens. Yes, it's exactly. Sad. It's sad. No, never a kitten mitten situation. You really hope <laughs> for it. Also, can we just say that this is the lowest stakes of the reconcilers reconciliations? Somehow even lower than these two cops don't get along and these two brothers don't get along. Yeah. 
Right. Not not even that, not even relationship wise, but in terms of where they are and what they're limited to. Right. Because all these people had to do was like walk a bit further without making up. They had to go on a nice little hike together. Yes. Yep. Yeah, because he finds this note and he's like, oh, the keys to the handcuffs are at the top of this trail that your mom and uh, always wanted you and I to walk on together. Damn it. You know, ha ha. Yeah. yeah, and I love the response from Xander Steele. That's his name, is that what yes. you said? Xander Steele? <laughs> the dad, he's like, all right, you're, you're a shitty son. You're such a pain in the ass. Did you handcuff me and you together to get attention? <laughs> the kid's like, no, what the... F-? Everybody's first guess in these scenarios is insane. They might as well start like, this. typing on a keypad just on a tree for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, it really makes you wonder what was going on in this writer's life, right? Where he's like, well, obviously you would have first assumed that the person that you were with you had drugged and kidnapped you. Every time that writer enters a room, what did you do? No, no, no. man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, it, and there's also this great moment. It's almost, it's not really worth bringing up, but but Xander puts his uh, chain up on the rock and the kid's putting it up on the rock too, going, wait, what are we doing? What are you doing or whatever? But it's very obvious that he knows what's going on because he's putting the chain in the right spot for dad mm-hmm. to try to like break it with a rock yeah <laughs> but then the kid's like oh you're gonna smash the handcuffs because you hate me because you yes. don't want to spend yeah. quality father son time with me and dad's like no i'm just i was thinking we would not have cuffs at that point just, <laughs> you're only freeing yourself from these handcuffs because you hate me the eli Bosman story <laughs> <laughs> we should call bryce and you know we should yeah, right. let him no, out of exactly. that so yeah, but so he does, he can't break through him with a rock, which honestly I thought that was probably in his rider too, right? Like, okay, but then I would chew through him, right? But he doesn't. In the extras, in the DVD extras, you have to show me tearing a bicycle in half, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so then we cut back to Ed telling the story. That's as much as he's going to tell him at this point, though, which is, yes. let's be clear, a father and son woke up handcuffed together, the end of my story. Are you doing jingles for act breaks, man? You keep doing that. Yeah. And they make it even more awkward because we watch him stop talking. He's like, mm. and they're like, but then what happened? And he's like, no, more of this plot now, please. <laughs> yeah, right. And then so Smitty and Alex are like, hey, hey, I got an idea. What if we just pretend not to be mad at each other? And Ed goes, oh, it's no use. The, the reconciler always wires up the places that he uses with cameras. And I'm like, the last one was out fucking side sure yeah that it, it does work when it's god but regardless how would the reconciler in this moment anyway know if they really mean it when they say <laughs> no i'm sorry well he's god so you know, yeah he's got a, he's, he does the jigsaw voiceover like you mean it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> or i'll kill you <laughs> Yeah, but but then Alex is damned if he'll reconcile with Smitty, and Smitty is damned if he'll reconcile with Alex. We haven't ex- exactly established what their issue is at this point, but don't worry, it'll be stupid as fuck when we do. It won't matter even a little, so just free yourself from worries about that. Yeah. So, okay, so then we cut over to a police station. We're going to meet Detective Tilton. He's the one who's on the reconciler case and he gets a phone call about these two estranged twins that went missing on the same day. I would like to nominate this character for most pointless character. Fair. Sure. Right? Because he not, he not only doesn't serve the plot of the movie, he doesn't serve the movie's agenda either. He literally, spoiler alert, stumbles across the end of the movie 
doing nothing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and the writer couldn't even think of a reason for him to be there. Yeah, exactly. And also, I would also like to nominate his little Rico chart for the most useless visual <laughs> aid. Right? Because he's got this, they, they, the push pins and yarn thing that's got a picture of like a question mark for the reconciler. And then it's got like threads reaching out to like pairs of people. And it's like, those are just his victims. Why do you, there's not like a hierarchy here, no. right? It's not like these people were the victims of this victim of his or whatever. There's no, what are you keeping track of? So good. And I like that they didn't have the budget for actual push pins and yarns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a li- little bit of red tape that he clearly like cut into smaller strips to not use mm-hmm. too much of it. So it's just like red tape going from bad guy to possible victims to remind him that like, this is all one case, right? Right, right. right. Okay, <laughs> guys all did the, he did the kidnap, the guy. These ideas are all together. I had some extra ribbon from Christmas, <laughs> so they don't do this. Yeah, okay. So now we cut over to a house where, where Lori, the reporter, is interviewing a family that Pastor Dan recommended to her. Now, you might wonder what the fuck Lori's story is doing in the middle of the rest of this movie. Just keep on a wondering that. All right. Yep. It'll never make any fucking sense. Sure won't. But she's here to interview a little girl that had either a dream while she was asleep <laughs> or a near death experience. Right. And again, because this movie's trying to connect these bizarre Facebook copy pastas right throughout <laughs> it with a plot, she opens the conversation with the little girl with like, so how do you feel? About the graying of morality <laughs> since 1950, <laughs> little girl. And the little girl's like, yeah, I died and I went to heaven and Jesus gave me a great big hug. And and then he sent me back from heaven. And he's like, oh, really? Why did he send you back? And I'm like, I don't think the little girl needs a reason to still be alive, Lori. Because <laughs> you kind of suck. Like, I'd just love to hear him. <laughs> Do you send you back with any cures or anything? Or no, same boring message about a religion he's had for thousands oh, of years. Okay. Wow, interesting. Okay. Interesting. Also, this almost got my best worst for best worst description of heaven. Because at one point she's like, "Well, how do you know it was heaven?" And she's like, "It's like the beach. If you haven't been there, you can't describe it." And I was like, "What, sweetie? You can describe. I can describe it." <laughs> I mean, I hate most of the people. On a beach and probably in heaven. So I guess in some sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Overrated. It's like a beach in that. Yeah. But she explains that Jesus sent her back to earth so that she could share this message of love and Christianity with Lori. Whoa. Just to be clear, the narrative here is that God, God of the universe, Mm -hmm. made a child go through like chemo or whatever and almost Mm -hmm. die so that kid could tell a local journalist about how angels are real for her story about fences preventing gray. Yep. <laughs> yes. God did that. Listen, little Lucy, I'm sorry you've been suffering in deep pain for months and months, and now <laughs> your soul has left your body. But, I mean, she mostly does weddings, but she's going to ask you what you think about <laughs> the ethnicity of gay people. And I, need, I need a good answer here. It's going to be... You're going to be the third most important interview in that article, young lady. <laughs> right. So it'll be worth all your suffering. Mysterious ways. There's also a great moment here 
So, she, you know, she's like, oh, you know, he sent me back to tell you. And then we cut immediately to Lori back with Roddy Piper with her editor going like, I can't do it anymore. This story is too hard hitting. <laughs> <laughs> Everything points back to God. I'm an atheist and I'm so mad at God. I don't know what to do. I'm a real journalist. And Roddy Piper has to, like, talk her down and keep her on the story. Well, that if this movie was written by a sane yeah. person, that's what ha would happen. Except his reply, Heath, if you'll remember, is, tell me unicorns are coming back to save the world. That's literally a line from the movie, <laughs> and it's not apropos of anything. No, it's his response. And she's like, shit, Roddy Piper, I'm worried about you. I'm going to leave because I'm worried you're going to take me with you. Wow. It feels like Roddy Piper just agreed to do this movie if he got to say which, like he wrote up 12 sentences. He's like, these are the sentences I'm going to say, and I'm not going to share them with you beforehand. I have 11 sentences that I dreamed when I took peyote out in the desert. You have to mad lib me into your script using these somehow. Yeah. So I don't remember. By the way, I don't remember any of that. He said unicorns are what? Yes. Yeah. His response to I can't do this anymore is tell me unicorns are coming back to save the world. What? OK, my brain literally just blanked that out because it's unthinkable <laughs> nonsense. Sure. Yes. I don't remember. Your brain was that. like, well, that's not a sentence. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you don't have to remember that one. It's like it's like, you know how your eyes don't show you your nose, even though it's there all the time. In your yeah, view? exactly. It was that for thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> so Native Americans can't see Roddy Roddy Piper <laughs> <laughs> saying the bullshit lines of this so, movie. So, yeah, but so but she catches Roddy up on the plot so far. And then we cut back to Ed, Smitty and Alex. And Smitty has some religion shit he would like to talk about. Oh, my God. This is where we're going to finally get exposed to their conflict, which, again, is not I don't believe in God and you do. It's we both believe in God but you don't go to my church anymore? That is it. Yes. You have chosen to continue to belong to my same denomination of Christianity differently than me, and therefore we haven't spoken in years. Yeah. And what's happening in the plot is that one brother being like, if you don't go back to church, my specific church, the same brand, but specifically mine, I will make us starve to death in this goddamn warehouse. Yes, I, along with Ed, along with a fucking stranger reporter guy that we just met, the three of us will die unless you come back to my church. Oh, right. Yes, I'm also going to kill Ed with the cane. Yep. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Fuck that guy. He's being weird, right? Yeah, he is being kind of fucking weird. Yeah. So he won't tell you the whole fucking story. He keeps telling us the first half of stories. I think he's faking the cane. He started doing <laughs> singing in the rain with it earlier. <laughs> shush, shush. That's for the end of the movie. <laughs> So, yeah, but Ed is mediating their boring argument about religion, right? He's like, okay, and now you have the speaking stick, and it is your turn to tell me, Alex. <laughs> it's so stupid. He also has this amazing thing where he's like, hey, 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 it's not your turn to speak yet. Were you done? Yeah, I was actually done. He was sort of using the natural lull in my conversation. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> well, um, okay, now, now you you may speak. Yeah. I'm Ed the reporter. <laughs> Commercial break? No, no, no. We'll, we'll stick with this. We'll stick with this. <laughs> At this point in the movie, I wrote in my notes, this is like when I'm telling Noah about TikTok drama he doesn't care about. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> and Noah plays you out with a little jingle and you yeah, have to stop. Yeah, right, right. But Smitty explains to us that for him, religion was never about right and wrong. Do this, do that. It was about how to live properly with your faith. Now, if that doesn't make any sense to you, that's because that doesn't make any sense. Right. 
right? That is the conflict, though. That this, 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 the, the writer lacks the writing acumen required to explain what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> so these people are just like, so you know, it's like it's like arguing with the dude. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So you know, there's also this great moment because apparently, you know, because it's the same writer writing both sides. He knows what he means. So these people keep reacting to each other's meaningless babble. So Alex, after he's done with his weird shit about grace, he says, wait, you're going to interpret Christianity in your own way. That's how cults start. Yeah. What? Yeah. Is. What is happening? Like the one the movie's based on. Whose side is this movie on? On it's the set. serial kidnappers' side. Yeah, it, no, it actually is Machiavelli's yeah. side. Anyways, but now the movie gets bored of itself, so it's gonna pop scare. <laughs> yeah, right. So we we suddenly hear we hear a big banging sound, and then there's this creepy distorted speaker, right? So that they can play this on Halloween at the church, and it'll make some amount of sense. Obviously, the end result of it, of course, is that we are now also being treated to like the most annoying possible series of sounds. Yep. Right. Yep. But they start looking through and they find a speaker that's making these sounds, but the speaker isn't plugged into anything. Oh, okay. What happened at the end with the speaker? So they listen to the Mm -hmm. not plugged in Mm -hmm. speaker making nonsense noise. And then in my recollection, the speaker flew away like a bat. Yeah. And they were like, okay, well, that's weird. Anyway, moving on. No, I... I can see why you're confused. So what happened is they uh, they filmed this scene the first time and they were like, hey, Rick, this scene is boring because you're all just staring at a box and we're obviously going to add scary noises. But what if everyone looked up as though something had happened at a certain point? And so that that's the speaker turning into a bat moment. You were confused. About. Right. Like they, they all three what? suddenly look up. There's a very obvious pop scare. We see their reaction to it, but we don't see what scared them. And that is never filled yeah. in. Okay. They tried to do a pop scare and missed a movie. Yep. Yes. Like mm-hmm. swung and missed at its own attempted pop scare. Yes. So, okay. So then we, we cut to the detective in a detective Tilton in his car. He's listening to the exposition radio network from last week. Right. The, the radio goes, he's the radio's talking about the reconciler. And it's like, is the reconciler a sick, twisted individual or a relationship vigilante? And I'm like, that's not an or situation. <laughs> yes, yes, he's, he's those. And at no point does this movie tell us whether or not someone has been murdered for not resolving the conflict. It heavily implies that someone has been, but yeah, right. So, okay, so the detective calls Stacy, the cop from the first half of the original vignette, right? And he's like, hey, I just figured this would sort of tie anything to anything in the movie if we spoke. And she's like, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. (laughs) What if I go to the warehouse and then the the warehouse is where they are and the lady called me? There you go. That technically connects the plot. It's as though they thought the plot all connects means that like the characters have all met. (laughs) Right? <laughs> yes, right. right. If you can like seven degrees away from bacon or whatever, from any one character to any other, it, it the the plot connected. Then yes. you did a good movie, <laughs> right? I, I forget where I wrote this in my notes, but later on I write this is like finding out that everyone at the end of Crash is cousins. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, Stacy. As we all know, we're on a text chain together with several people who are connected, and we all just write down the things that are relevant to us informationally. 
So based on that warehouse, am I going to yeah the warehouse? Yeah, go to the warehouse. That's it. So okay, so then we cut back to the basement where Ed, Alex, and Smitty are gonna are they're sitting around wondering what the pop scare was. They're right. They're like, what was that? And they're like, I don't know. You have to know. We don't know. <laughs> You guys think the reconciler would have a speaker that flies away and screams like a demon and just falls down? <laughs> or what do you think that is? So, yeah, but but as they're sitting around having this conversation, Alex explains that he's sorry that he never understood Smitty's personal relationship with Jesus. And I'm like, oh, shit, starting to reconcile. Oh, yeah. I wrote my notes at this point. So there was never a conflict to begin with. Oh, goody. Yeah. Always a sign of a great film. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, but we learn here that the real impetus for their whole conflict is that in a moment of anger about the not going to church thing, Alex said to Smitty, if you're turning your back on Jesus, I can't believe you're actually my brother. <gasps> and and then they didn't speak. That's the terrible wedge between them. Might have called him a duty head. <laughs> I, I wanted the reconciler to come in at this point and go, oh, you know what? Fuck this. I thought you guys had so. I thought you fucked his girlfriend or something. Jesus Christ. Just go home. Oh, Get God. out of here. Get out of here. I wasted a bunch of fucking free. Yeah. <laughs> you shat in my trunk. It's all over. Just every, this is ridiculous. I'm going to have to rinse that out. So, Yeah, but so then Alex storms off at this point, though, right? He's got to go like think about what he's done and now we get a mon a musical montage yes yeah we're, we're gonna do a little musical check-in with all the reconcilers introduced victims here we got kidnapped and now we gotta make up and be friends <laughs> are we at 60 minutes yet youtube <laughs> really, will give really us close. extra money if it's 60 minutes. Also, by the way, they, they, they put these shots in the exact wrong order, right? Because we see Alex moping right next to the toilet. And then we cut to the cops, right? And they're moping, too. And we're like, where do they shit? Right? They're in a car. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, okay. Crazy Billionaire remake. Again, we shoot the cops' scenes exactly the same, except we CGI in an ever larger pile of shit in the back seat yeah. that they never acknowledge. All right. You know what? He took our bullets. I couldn't shoot through the I'm going to shit through the window now. I'm going to shit through it hard. I'm going to press against the window and the sheer force of this Chipotle exiting my body will free us. Fun fact, cops shit. Hunters don't, but cops do. Yeah, no, so. that's true. Yeah, we, we covered that last week. So also, there's a, this great moment where we get to watch Xander Steele harumphily hiking. <laughs> I don't want to hike up this fucking mountain. <laughs> so yeah, very clearly this movie just yada, yada, yada to us. <laughs> I think we've earned ourselves another break, but first let me give Act 3 the hard sell. Will the cops manage to talk it out? Will the soldier and his son manage to talk it out? Will the estranged twins manage to talk it out? <laughs> Yes, a fucking course. That's literally all that happens in this stupid fucking movie. But stick around anyway for the anti-citing conclusion of The Reconciler. Also, arguably, the soldier and the son do not talk it do out. Do not That's talk actually, you're it right. out. You're right. They don't. You're right. Johnson, get in here. Yeah, Chief. What up? Yet another set of victims of The Reconciler. God damn it. You hate to see it. So... 
What was the issue this time? Mm, group of podcasters. From the looks of the notes, something about the meaning of this or next Friday. Wow. That's rough. I mean, seems pretty obvious to me. Can't imagine why they disagree on that for very long. Keith, super clear. this is take 43. I mean, I mean, I see. So how did they die? Did they starve to death or? No, no. Dehydration. Wow. They were down there for a while. Oh, no. They were actually only down here for a couple of hours. But then it looks like they accidentally sucked each other's dicks to death. Damn it. That's the fifth one this week. Curse you, reconciler. Don't you mean next week, Heath? Oh, 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 now you're doing it? You are. <laughs> Ooh, chimichurri steaks. Nice. Hey, Heath. Oh, hey, uh, delivery app, delivery guy. Um, What are you doing here? Well, we was looking through your window just now, and we couldn't help but notice that you're signing up for HelloFresh. Well, sure, with HelloFresh, you get... Farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and you can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Sure, sure. That sounds great, Heath. But, you know, what about us? Yeah. What are we going to fling super hard at your door? Well, leave it a different apartment in the building next to yours. Guys, guys, I'll still order delivery from time to time. I will. Will you? Because with 30-plus weekly recipes to choose from, HelloFresh has something for everyone. Easily customize your meal by swapping proteins or sides, upgrading to choice proteins, or adding protein to a veggie meal. Not to mention that HelloFresh is 25% cheaper than takeout and less expensive than grocery shopping, too. Look, 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 guys, I subscribed when HelloFresh became a sponsor, and I've been a customer ever since. The meals are a breeze to unpack, they're easy to cook, and they teach me delicious new recipes that I can keep forever. That's why I, Keith Enright, personally endorse HelloFresh as a product. Yeah, but come on. Those shipping costs must be killing you. Actually, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash Awful65 and use the code Awful65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Wait, so if I go to HelloFresh.com slash Awful65 and use code Awful65, I'm going to get 65% off plus free shipping? That's right. Wow. Well, I guess he doesn't need us after all. No, he doesn't. Shall we sadly bike away on our weird bikes that have duct tape mittens on the handles? Let's do that, Jerry. Let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back for still more of this shit. We're going to rejoin the inaction with the two cops deciding not to just huff at each other and shit in the backseat anymore. (laughs) Okay, I guess we should talk instead of starving to death. Yeah. Right. And there's like, what is the most boring possible conflict that you and I could be having? Right. Cause up until this time, I thought like that they slept together and then, you know, the, the regretted it or whatever, or something like that. But no, she was jealous that he got promoted over top of her. <laughs> that is the conflict. That's, we took a break, did an entire act and then came back and it's just like, yeah, no, it's just kind of work drama shit. Just, yeah. And is it even, I was going for that promotion and I wanted it. No, it's literally you got a promotion and I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Also, at this moment, I was like, how did the reconciler know the emotional dynamics of this local police department? (laughs) Okay, fine. We find out it's God. But why would God be paying attention to the emotional (laughs) dynamics of this local police department? Yeah. The fact that this wasn't God yet did put in mind like Jigsaw just hanging out at the water cooler at a police department. So. What's the newest scuttlebutt? I'm not um, 
<laughs> I'm not a killer puppet guy. Stop flipping that cane around. So, so, so yeah, but so he's like, and that's why you wanted, you didn't want to be my partner anymore. She's like, no, it's not that I don't want to be your partner. It's that you deserve a partner who isn't jealous of your misogynistically enabled career track. I did it for you. And he's like, oh, well, I guess we're reconciled now, huh? <laughs> yeah, she goes, you know how it's going to be. The rumors will start. That I'm a woman, and I wrote my notes. I mean, Stacey, you are a woman. <laughs> that rumor is already going around. <laughs> are we to believe that God is just fixing all these tiny little arguments with murder traps all throughout history? Great question. Yeah. Is 94% of the world currently kidnapped over a Facebook fight <laughs> in the universe of this film? I will fix cancer as soon as I get done with all of these relationships. Yeah. Did you tell anybody about the dirty dish in the sink and we had the fight about I have a bear trap on my face. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> did you say that? Did you any scuttlebutt at your office about that? Yeah. but so, And I also I love the fact that they don't want to address the fact that like Clearly, she got he got promoted over her because she's a woman and that's sexist or they, they don't want to imply sexism here because they know that that'll piss off their target audience because, you know, their target audience either doesn't believe in sexism or is all for it. Right. So they just have to be like, you know, you're just kind of a snooty. instead doesn't rhyme with which the thing you are. That's for sure. Kind of a person. Yeah, because they don't give you a good reason. It's just like, no, you're a good cop. Well, then why didn't I get promoted? Ah, you know, you're, uh, anyway. Tall. They need to just fuck in this car, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah like, that's the ultimate reconciliation would be like <laughs> Jigsaw would have to like kidnap himself at that point and right. like put himself in the shit filled car and switch with him or something. I would love it if God came in and was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> whoa. Or right, now I'm reconciling you guys with HR. Once I'm going to put you to sleep, you're going to wake up with Karen from HR. She's going to she's going to explain the interdepartmental relationships policy. But but they agree to be partners again and then at that exact second the doors unlocked. So they run out and I'm assuming take huge shits, right? <laughs> and then we go back for the last half of the soldier and his son's story. Now, when dad read the note, he didn't read it out loud. He just summarized it for the son, right? Mm -hmm. He's He says, yeah, the note just says that the key is at the top of the mountain, and the, and the son is like, does it say anything else in there about maybe you being a better no, dad? No, no, I'm stuffing it into my mouth because I heard <laughs> it, and I'm done with it now. Okay, but that was all it said in the note. Pretty much, yeah. This is where they the, the son's like, no, let me read it. Fine. Mm -hmm. right, fine, you can read it. So he starts reading it. It's like, all right, Jeff, you are a soldier. And then he takes a big pause and looks at his dad. And dad's like, yeah, I am a soldier. Am. Like, yeah, okay. All right, just, checking, track. Okay, just double checking. Just checking. And then they, <laughs> they go through the rest of the note. And it just says, you just got to go like to the top of the thing and get a key. And that's it. Well, but it says some stuff on there about how he doesn't pay enough attention to his son and his family. And if only he could fight for his family the way he fights for his country. And that's what this is all about. Right? Yeah. Also, this is a great thing. As they're sort of arguing back and forth about why aren't you a good dad, the music is chanting fight in the hopes that something happens in the movie, yes. right? The music's like, bum, 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 bum. No, they're just talking. Yeah. Fuck. Well, I, I want it because he, he starts talking about how bad a dad Xander Steele is. And I wanted Xander Steele to get so depressed that he just like leapt to his death off the side of this cliff and forgot they were chained together. You know? <laughs> ah! <laughs> 
but they they get up, they have their little argument, and then they get up, and the sun slips and falls off the side of this cliff face, like a southern belle trying to get a hug from a gentleman <laughs> caller. Oh no! I tumble yes. forth into the ether. Who will save me? <laughs> But yeah, but dad catches him with the chain and pulls him up. Very suspenseful. Trust the score. Very suspenseful. Are they suggesting that dad would have like let the kid die and like smashed the chain until the handcuff lesson that had already happened? Like a little bit of their verbal fight on the way up half this mountain? While they were writing it, they were like, I know what you're thinking. Wouldn't he just break the handcuff and let his son die? Don't worry. We're going to cover that earlier <laughs> in the film. <laughs> But yeah, so he pulls the sun up and the sun passes out. So dad's going to have to carry him the rest of the way because I goddamn guarantee carry him the rest of the way is in Xander Steele's contract, <laughs> right? At some point in all of his movies, he has to throw a cigarette behind him and explode something also with <laughs> right. gasoline. And could he do it in the silliest manner possible? <laughs> like a little speed walk, a little speed walk yeah. while he does it? I know sometimes we recommend people watch these movies. Sometimes we'd recommend people don't watch these movies. This one's definitely a watcher for me. But for this scene especially, I have a special recommendation. At this point, I was so bored. I was watching at 1.5 speed. And the carrying up the hill at 1.5 speed. Okay, that's excellent. Mwah, peak comedy, my friend. Well, because he is carrying the guy at 1.5 speed, right? Like he is trying to show off to us how quickly he can carry a small man up a hill, right? Also, also, Ed, I, there are railings. <laughs> the railings, the, I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> it's so, it's silly. There are railings on this entire fucking path. It's such an easy path. How the fuck do you fall off if there are railings? So at some point, we learn right now that they're like 500 feet away from getting to the top and just ending the kidnapping. Mm -hmm. So at that moment, they were like, all right, well, we're, we're like 500 feet away. You want to stand next to this one spot with no guardrail and have a quick talk next to that banana peel? And they were like, yeah, yeah, let's <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, but so dad carries him all the way to the top where he revives Jr. That's the son with a little bit of water from the pack that he finds. And now they are reconciled. <laughs> that was it. That's it. That's it. They just walked up a very easy trail with guardrails. Yeah. They walked up grandma's first hike and yep. now they're all good. I yeah. wanted the reconciler to show up and be like, all right, yeah, that was, that was too easy. I didn't really think it through. I'm going to have to do <laughs> more like murdery stuff. You know what? Escape on. rooms need more than one step. Now that I think about <laughs> it, it's obviously I should have. Shit, that's just a room. <laughs> so, now there is another key at the bottom. Gosh, and there, fuck, you're oh, already, no, you're, no, you're already unlocked. I don't you know. Lock you guys have to make s'mores. You have to make <laughs> s'mores for the poison. I'm the god of the universe. <laughs> So, all right, so now we're going to check back in with Lori, the, the reporter. She's out interviewing an old lady. This is another person from Pastor Dan's list. So she meets this old lady who is apparently, like, fabulously wealthy. They're in her gazillion-dollar yard or whatever. And they heavily imply that this old lady has fucked a lot, right? Okay, this <laughs> is so good. It's such a great clueless line, right? Because it's supposed to be modesty. Oh, I don't imagine why you're talking to me. Like, I've lived far from a perfect life. And we're supposed to think like, oh, she's so humble. But no, it no, definitely no, no, no. comes across from like, I fucked an entire baseball team at the same time. <laughs> yes. There wasn't a hole on my body that wasn't filled for 22 <laughs> years of my life. You want to know why I call him Shoeless Joe? Ask me. <laughs> Ask me right now. His shoes are in my... was filthy. Yeah. <laughs> so... Filthy. 
Seri- I, I wrote down best, worst, best, best, really sexual old lady. She's, yeah. and she goes back to yeah. this during this conversation one of the times. She, she, she cannot stop being like, sorry, I'm going to stop really, for a second. Really I mean, Phil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> The human rectum is nightmarishly elastic. So I feel like she snuck into the movie and they were like, all right, we're going to let this, we let you do the Mad Libs. Okay. Here's my theory. Here's my actual theory. I think this is an actual rich lady who actually gave $35 million to the church. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Very possible. And they were like, fuck, I mean, we should put her in the movie that we're shooting at our church, right? And she was like, all right, but I'm going to talk about how sore my puss was from 1984 <laughs> to 1992. And they were like, yeah, I guess right, so. Well, so could you just use euphemisms? Sure, sure. Right. Which, to be clear, like, if anyone out there has $35 million, we'll put you on this podcast. You can say whatever the fuck That's you not, want. Fair. Fair. <laughs> So there's also this great moment because the uh, uh, Lori says to her as they're walking away, as they're wrapping up this scene, they're going to go to the patio to have their real conversation. Lori's like, you have a beautiful yard. And the old lady's response is, and I quote, it is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, cool. Were we going to do an act break? I feel like it. No. no? Well, okay. All right. All right. So they, they make it to the patio where the old lady, Emma, has some some lemonade. Lori says, oh, that lemonade looks delicious. And I'm like, it looks like pee. Lori, all lemonade just looks like pee. What are you trying to tell us? And then we watch Lori very nervous. You ever watch an old person try to lift a heavy jug <laughs> and everyone in the room is like, oh, 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 oh <laughs> yes. no. This, is, this person does not have the hand and wrist strength. And you, this woman is not. She's like, eh, 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 there's this is the sixth take and the only one where everyone didn't end up soaked. So, yeah, it's it's the most tension there is in the movie. Really? So so they get their lemonade. Lori says to Emma, she says, so why do you think they call you the greatest generation? And I'm like, uh, they made up their own that nickname themselves. Yes, the I, wrote, ones that- I wrote my notes. <laughs> to be fair, they called themselves that, which is the fucking funniest thing in the universe. Because Tom Brokaw's fucking dumb. That's why. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so she tells us how she remembers World War Two. And it's like, oh, is your story going to have anything at all to do with World War Two? Like, no, no, sure isn't. Hey. Quick tip, don't bring up World War II in your movie about the problem of evil. Just don't ever go. do that. She says, well, you know, God brought us through the war. Uh, not the six million Jews, of course. or the But me and mine. Million soldiers or the 50 million civilians in China alone, really. But I did fine. I did great, actually. I got fucking rich. <laughs> yeah. And I got railed. <laughs> rich and railed. So much. Look at me. Yes, Railed. If I had a dollar for every cum that was in me, I did. I do, actually. Yeah. So <laughs> so Emma's like, do you read the Bible much? And Lori's like, ah, do, do I read the anyway? What were you? What was the point of what you were saying? She says, according to the Bible, when things are good, people abandon God. And then when things get bad, they turn back to God. And it's like, are you suggesting we need to fuck some shit up? Is this religious accelerationism here then? <laughs> Yeah. You bet it is, sister. Yeah, right. Drive this empty, mar- unmarked van into the bottom of the World Trade Center. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, yeah, so, but then she tells us about her husband dying and about her realizing that she needed to Jesus it up quick because she was going to die soon, too. Yeah. And she's like, you know what? I have something I need to show you. So she walks away for, I'm going to go ahead and say one second. <laughs> <laughs> and she comes back with a framed newspaper article 
which she keeps apparently one second away from her at all times about that time she gave her $35 million fortune to a church. The least <laughs> modest possible thing you could do. Right. Right. Yeah. In the newspaper, no less. Right. So, yeah, how how humble of her to have that within arm's reach. I really wanted Lori to be like, wow, you helped rape a lot of kids. Huh? <laughs> a lot. Yeah, and she, but she explains that it's not about having things and having money. It's about forcing her religion on other people. So, okay. So then Lori gets home, and damn it if it doesn't turn out that Xander Steele is her husband and CJ is her son. Connected. Cousins. They, they <laughs> thought this was a twist. Yeah, they in did. The moment, but it literally doesn't matter. It's nothing. Yeah. Yep. It's absolutely nothing. The only reason it's there, and this is kind of worth it, is that it allows them, the two of these guys, to walk down this hallway in the squeakiest possible shoes. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. It's <laughs> so loud. It sounds like a fucking basketball game as they walk down those hallways. <laughs> so. Also, they're supposed to be like play wrestling, like father and son, because they're having you know a happy moment now. Mm -hmm. But they don't know how to play wrestle. <laughs> So we get to watch him just like elbow slam, making weird dance moves that don't make any sense all the way down this long hallway. <laughs> they had no idea what to do. Xander Steele puts his son in a chokehold for a full minute. Well, yeah, well, and clearly the writer had never touched his father except for handshakes or something because he doesn't know how any of this works either. Right. Because the wife is like, you know, all right, well, you guys can wrestle, but I don't want to see you bloodying each other again. Again? What? Classic. You guys don't, you remember when you drew blood while just <laughs> well, having a good wrestling time? with your dad? Actually, you know what? I know better from this podcast. Heath, did your dad ever draw blood? Do <laughs> you like put toothpicks between his fingers and Wolverine you in the eyes or something? <laughs> it was a lesson. It wasn't, he no, learned, he, did, he did the English muffin thing. And he learned I to learned. duck. He learned to duck. I don't swivel. So yeah, so the pop and the, and, and the son go out for dinner. Uh, she doesn't want to though. She has to wrestle with her faith. Back at home. So we watch. She goes to the kitchen to slowly cut fruit. And then she goes in the living room. And I wrote it as soon as she passed by a fucking bookcase. I wrote and darn it if she doesn't pull that dusty old Bible off the shelf. And because, yeah, I we knew. Yep, we knew. So she pulls out her Bible. Apparently, her mom gave her that Bible. And she still has the note that came with it. Yeah, I wanted so bad for the note to be sealed in wax. Yes, and for the mom to be the reconciler. Yeah, yeah and then she just like falls through a trap door into a basement. <laughs> Where Ed and the two brothers are waiting. Oh, there you go, coming together. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So the but the the note, like we get the voiceover of mom's note while she starts reading the Bible. The note is all about what a blessing it was that her son and husband got kidnapped handcuffed together and almost died on a trail right yeah so we we get that voiceover and then we watch this actress desperately summon a tear for like two and a half minutes she gets one she eventually gets one sad baby new earth sad baby new earth. <laughs> all right so then we, we head back to ed apparently wrapping up the xander Steele story for the twins right yeah. And then Smitty starts asking a logistical questions, right? Smitty's like, wait a minute, how can you, how can you make car doors stay locked from afar? That doesn't, you pull the thing <laughs> He's up. He's like, like, yes. <laughs> yeah. They're still trying to solve that mystery at the car 
Uh-huh. Detective <laughs> restaurant. Why the fuck does any of this matter? We're kidnapped. I keep getting off track. We're kidnapped. Why are we talking about this? It's your fucking movie, dude. You don't have to have him ask. But but even after all these stories, Smitty isn't quite convinced that kidnapping people in the name of your religious obligations is a moral good, right? Which means, by the way, he's still got some growing to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so you know how Gitmo is uh, good sometimes? Yeah, <laughs> right. So, okay, and then we cut to Detective Tilton. He's arrived at that warehouse he was talking about for no reason earlier, and he's going to look around. Damn it, I'm, I'm going to sneak my way into this movie no matter what it takes. <laughs> Hold on, let me look at this Rico chart. Yeah, I taped the paper to itself, which means it's here. Yes. It's where I am, yeah. He's got himself on the chart. Me. Wait a minute. Me, chasing the reconciler. Victims. But then we cut back to Alex and Smitty. Alex steps in. He's ready to reconcile now. Right? And I guarantee you, by the way, that this is enti this entire thing is constructed over some argument that this guy and his twin brother, the, the writer and his twin brother had, because there is no, like, both of them give and take type thing. Alex just comes and says, I was entirely wrong. You were entirely right. We're reconciled. Yes. Right? They might as well put hands in the middle and go, one, two, three, friendship. Yeah, right. Right. And so they forgive each other, and then Ed sets down his cane and Kaiser Soze's his way across the room. <laughs> Except it's like they instantly recognize it. So it's not Kaiser Soze at all. He's just like, nah, eh, eh, eh. and they're like, do you, were you faking needing a cane? Yes. Why would he be faking needing a cane though? It, it made sense when Kaiser Soze did it. Right. I feel like God didn't be like, and make sure they think you're handicapped so they don't think you I can. don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. And they're like, wait, you're the reconciler. And of course, I wrote in my notes, well, of fucking course he is, because I didn't realize how stupid we were going yet with this movie. <laughs> yeah. But no, he explains that he just works for the reconciler. And the reconciler is that very guy you two have been talking about this whole time. So, okay. So then we cut back to Detective Tilton. He's he's walking around searching for a pop scare. <laughs> I wanted him to have squeaky shoes like in that other scene. <laughs> there is a great, speaking of sound effects, though, there's a great moment where he pulls his gun out to this hilarious swoosh sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoosh. I, I wanted everything to have karate noises for the rest of the movie. He's just walking. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and then we, we got back to Ed and Smitty and, and Alex so that Smitty can, at great length, figure out the dumbass reveal, right? <laughs> that it turns out that God is the reconciler and Ed is his angel. Yep. They're so slow. They're like, oh, so you work for the reconciler, like as a regional manager? Reconciliation-wise? Yeah, no, I guess you could say I'm more of a messenger and a guardian. Oh, oh so, so like, you, you, you bring the correspondence back and forth, like on a fixed-gear <laughs> bike? Through the city. I'm an angel from heaven sent by God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you mean like metaphorically you are angelic? And then when they finally figure out that he means angel, he disappears in the worst graphics since Anaconda 2. Yeah. Okay. His disappearance, I had to stop the movie and leave the fucking room. I had to dry my eyes so I could see the rest of the movie through them. Yeah. He might as well just yell, smoke bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so, How, okay. Crazy billionaire remake. 
he goes beep and then they just turn and he's like slightly to the left and he's like yeah sorry, I don't have disappearing <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so but but then so the door opens the locked door opens they walk out and the detective detective Tilton runs into him now keep in mind detective Tilton had his gun out so now he's going to realize who these two are and he's going to ask him what's going on, but he's never going to stop pointing his gun at their faces through the entire conversation. <laughs> no, well, they're brown. You know, that's police code. <laughs> so. Also, I mean, their story is God just teleported out of the room. God was the criminal. Right. So I feel like the cop should be at least a little suspicious of that. That's true. Yeah, maybe you do keep your gun on those people. And twins would be the perfect reconciler team. I was thinking, oh, you know, yeah. like they could do more twin magic stuff, right? Right, right, yeah. Like Jesus did. Yeah, so, so yeah, so, so, but he, it, he's like, let's go down to the station where you can tell me the whole story. And, and Smitty says, and I quote, great, it's a pretty amazing story. That's a thing that this writer wrote for another person to say in his own story. Someone should make this a movie. <laughs> that sentence was good to yourself. To yourself. <laughs> and then we get a Bible quote. And then we get to see Lori's article about the graying fence thing. Which has multiple graphs. It has graphs. Yep. And charts. There's a map. With the states colored mm -hmm. in and varying levels of greenness. <laughs> I feel like he would have gone gray. And the title of the article is Vibrance in a Graying World. <sighs> the end. Yeah. So guys, so but but seriously though, what is the moral of this story? <laughs> um maybe God could send people to fucking family therapy instead of doing murder <laughs> scenarios. <laughs> Also, maybe stop Hitler. Get Hitler in a room. Oh, there you go. I, that would have been that would have worked. All right, so that's going to do it for our review of the Reconciler. I guess, but that's not going to do it for the Spooktacular just yet because we still need to revisit this haunt next week. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck. Well, Noah, there are all kinds of scary during a Spooktacular. Sure, there's ghosts and goblins and Reconcilers, but next week there's the 1985 musical. Hi, Tops. That's terrifying. Okay, so with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 373 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation to patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving a five-star review and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, Citation Data, D&D Minus, and The Skeptic Card, available wherever podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robertson takes care of our social media. Our theme song was written performed by Ryan Slotty of Drafts on Mars. All the other music was written and performed by our audio engineer Morgan Clark and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bostic, I'm No Illusions, promise to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a Breakfast Club close. Everyone went back on their reconciliations because they were forced by threat of death and mm -hmm. that's fucking nothing. Nothing. The editors on Wikipedia were kind enough to leave this movie off of Roddy Piper's filmography. Newspaper editor Dan Holsom would murder his family and a school librarian while dressed as Colonel Sanders. Everybody saw it coming. Yeah.
I just I almost feel like apologizing to Morgan in case he can hear my headache. <laughs> if you hear that thumping, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you have to remove that. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.